Welcome to the first episode of Haunting You, a podcast dedicated to helping home hunters create the haunted house of their dreams. I'm your host, John Shelton. And I'm Keone Hutton. Over the next several episodes, we will describe our method of developing a home-based haunted house from inception all the way through to production. We have been creating haunted attractions together for the last 18 years. And through this podcast, we hope to inspire other like-minded Halloween enthusiasts to haunt their homes using some of the lessons that we've learned the hard way. That's right. I started haunting my house when I was in sixth grade. Uh, The previous Halloween, I had done my last time trick-or-treating, and I went to a neighbor's house who had set up this, uh, well, they thought it was really spooky, uh, haunted tunnel going up to their front door. They had hung up sheets, and then as trick-or-treaters came by, they would move the sheets around and make spooky noises like, ooh. I found that only mildly spooky. Exactly. Even as a fifth grader, I found that completely lame. So the year after that, I decided, you know what? I could take that, but I could make it better. And so that Halloween, um, I created my first haunt. And when I say I created my first haunt, I'm really uh, giving it more credit than it was worth. My first year, (laughs) all I did was hide in these juniper bushes that my parents had next to their front door. And every time... A trick-or-treater came up, I would jump out at them and growl and surprise them. And it was very, very effective because people weren't expecting it. From those humble beginnings, I started to drastically increase my uh, technical skills. I started working as the audio tech for a local church. I developed sound systems for several churches around the Denver area. And then I went off to college and worked in their theatrical department, did six productions with them as well as a bunch of live shows, and really learned a lot about set design and lighting and sound design, stage management, and was able to bring all of those elements into my home haunts. And so that finally culminated in 2015, where we put together the, uh, I call it the coup de gras of our home haunting experiences, uh, the Arkham Asylum Haunted House which you can see extensively on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U. But John, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You mentioned your background. I, I don't really have a background as far as, you know, the building or anything, set design or anything like that. A lot of my expertise comes in as far as, you know, do the, the brainstorming, marketing, management, theme, design, background. set design, things like that. Um, God only knows what would happen if I actually tried to physically design anything. I mean, people fall through floors, things would collapse on people, all kinds of terrible things. So yeah, I, I normally leave that to you and, and people of maybe better, just, just better people overall. You're a good person. Well, sometimes anyway, over the next several episodes, we want to dive in depth into uh, the method that we use to put together the Arkham Asylum Haunted House. We'll talk a little bit about how we came up with the theme and the backstory. We'll go over uh, developing the floor plan and um, some of the software and methods that we use to develop that. I want to get real in-depth on construction, ways to build walls, floors, uh, the ceiling. Talk a little bit about lighting and audio, special effects. Uh, we'll develop. We'll dedicate a whole episode to talking about characters. Uh, that is the actors that you have coming in and playing um, the characters in your haunted house. And that's, that's the meat and potatoes of any haunt. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about costumes. We'll bring in an expert who is uh, 
much more skilled with makeup than either John or I are. Um, by far. By far. And then we'll spend a whole episode talking about marketing. You put all this work into creating your home haunt. Now, how do you get the word out there so that people actually show up on the big day? And then we'll talk about the big day itself because there are a number of issues that come up just running the attraction. And, of course, we'll have to talk a little bit about cleanup because once you've done all of this, now what do you do with it all for the rest of the year? A lot of times you'd like to leave it up, but most of the time the homeowners, they don't, they don't really – they don't really go for that. My homeowners associate association was never very supportive they were not. of my home haunting efforts. It's disappointing, really. Absolutely. It just hurts. So let us tell you a little bit about the, the Arkham Asylum Haunted House. And this is by far and away the largest the largest design haunted house we've ever undertaken. We're going to be describing bits and pieces of the house, the set design, all that stuff. So we took extensive photos, not of not only of just the big night and the costumes and design and everything, but just the whole process, getting sound effects going, uh, doing builds. And we have all that up on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So check that out. Might make a little more sense that way. Help you actually visualize what we're talking about. But no, we we were going through, we had been deciding, hey, we're going to do another haunted house this year. And we've been kicking around ideas as to, I mean, one of the big things you need to do, and for me anyway, the first thing you need to do decide on is, is a theme. Because that's kind of going to go, that's going to set the tone for pretty much everything else you're going to do. Yeah, the previous year we had done a uh, like zombie apocalypse type theme, Classic. and it was a humongous hit. Um, Walking Dead was super popular, and the kids absolutely loved it. We even had one kid who was dressed up as Daryl, had the crossbow, <laughs> and so he came in and was uh, shooting at our zombies, and we all just, we had just had a great time. It was it was a lot of fun. But we didn't want to keep doing the same thing year after year. No, it gets stale. I so mean, it, it does exactly. So come January. Just three months after, you know, two months after Halloween, we're already thinking ahead. Well, okay, what are we going to do this year? Right, and you know, I can't remember all the things we had talked about, but like you said, we don't want to. You don't want to do the same trick twice. So we've been talking about a few, and because side note, but it sort of leads into that. Uh, I'm a huge Batman fan. I read the comics, watch TV shows, all this stuff. So I've been just reading a comic, and I'm looking at some of the photos, and just kind of just looking through some of the history of Arkham Asylum. For those of you who aren't really familiar with Arkham Asylum, it's the main mental institution that Batman incarcerates his his nemesis in, such as Joker, Two Face, Riddler, Scarecrow, Killer Croc, etc. The the most dangerous and the craziest of his villains, and it's portrayed in the comics as kind of a gothic looking older you know mansion, but you know with the it's got the cemetery with the angels. Over the gravestones, it's got the high arching gates, and it just it has just such a creepy haunted house type look to it. But I've been reading in the comics for years how just not only just the exterior is incredibly creepy, but just stories from inmates inside and how spooky it is to be someone just walking the halls of, of Arkham Asylum. And I was thinking about this, and it's like, you know what? If we could... So, and again, at this point, there was no thought into how it would happen. But we, I was thinking, you know what? This would be – if so, we could somehow turn this into a haunted house, this would be fantastic because it has the name recognition because it's – I mean Batman's fairly popular. But also you could turn it into something just truly great. And I think when I pitched that idea to you, that's kind of what we were going for. I mean again, we had no idea how we were going to get some of this done, but – yeah, and I admit I was extremely skeptical when you uh, when you proposed the idea, but 
uh, I remember you developed this great PowerPoint with images from okay, let's um, not say various great. comic books. Let's not say great. It was terrible, but it got I got the point across. But you got the point across, and I mean, <laughs> I was getting chills reading some of these stories and looking at the pictures, and I got inspired by um, the whole backstory of Arkham Asylum. It gave me great ideas on um, how we could get this done. The haunt itself ended up occupying about 900 square feet of my front yard, side yard, and driveway, and honestly probably encroached on my neighbor's yard a little bit as well. Um, thankfully, he was uh, very <laughs> supportive of our efforts. A little bit of alcohol goes a long way. A little bit of alcohol goes a long way, indeed. <laughs> so when the trick-or-treaters arrived, they would be greeted by these gothic arches with Arkham Asylum over the top, flames coming out of the columns and a bloodied up security guard uh, guarding the gate. He would tell the Before we get too far, um, side note, you said a bloodied security guard. If you would do me a favor, how, what was the makeup like for, for getting bloodied? I mean, that, you, it was, looked so real. It was fantastic. How, did, how was the makeup for that? Well, now? it was real. Uh, if you look at the pictures online, you will see... It was real. Yes, I was the security guard. Uh, I was goofing off with Harley's hammer, <laughs> spinning it around, and clocked myself in the face. Gave myself a cut right in the center of my forehead, and the blood just kind of drizzled down over my nose. And I was ready to wipe it off, but the other <laughs> actors were like, no, no, leave it. It looks great. No, it looks... It looks fantastic. It looks perfect. Yeah, so I left it, and so I was uh, actually bloodied up for Halloween. It, you know, realism all the way. I was so disappointed in myself that I didn't think about hitting you in the face <laughs> with the hammer earlier. I was so upset about Thank, that. Thanks for that. I, I do what You're I a good friend. Uh, ish. So the trick-or-treaters get met by this bloodied-up security guard, and he tells them, look, the asylum has been taken over by the inmates. We cannot guarantee your safety, but we need to take it back. Can you go in and give us backup? And because, they, you know, they've all come out, they're looking for the candy, they're like, of course we're going to go in. So the security guard... Are you going to say no to candy? Exactly. Who says no to candy? Uh, so they go through the gates, take an immediate left, and then they walk down this hallway. Uh, and as they're walking down this long hallway, they come up to an electrical panel that had a motion sensor and electronic firecracker inside. The motion sensor triggers, firecracker starts crackling. Uh, sounding like the electrical panel is arcing and sparking. Um, just a good startle effect. It really was, because you're not expecting anything, you know, right there. It looks spooky, and then, you know, like, bam, like you said, the crackling effect. It was it was fantastic. Exactly. So they continue walking down this dimly lit corridor, and off in the distance, they can see the windows of the first cell. And as they approach the first cell, they see uh, Jonathan Crane, the scarecrow, hidden or locked up behind these glass panes. And he hits them with a puff of his fear gas hoping to encourage hallucinations uh fear-based hallucinations as well, they continue the, through sorry sorry let's, no let's start. go ahead we, we we believe in extensive use of fog machines for a variety of effects which is what the fear gas was right we, yeah we used a small fog machine to, uh, for the fog gas for the i want to be clear we do not encourage chemical warfare at this program indeed they go past the scarecrow's cell and enter this foggy corridor with strobe lights going and hear this disembodied voice saying your angel of death awaits i want you which is uh from the mask of the phantasm back in the late 90s i think it was early even honestly 
could have been early 90s. I, it all kind of runs together. I'm a nerd, whatever, let's go. But they continue down the corridor, they hear the Phantasm's voice, and then on the left they see this uh, a cell with broken glass and uh, a straitjacket hanging up in the middle. And the label underneath the glass says, Identity Unknown, a.k.a. The Joker. So here's the Joker cell, uh, but he appears to have escaped because the glass is broken and his straitjacket is still there. And Kay, if I could step in real quick. Sure. Um, and one of the other things that that I was thinking, so while they're going through the corridor, and this isn't just this portion, but throughout the entire um, corridor of the house, one thing we had throughout the haunted house, we had installed little speakers just all throughout the house, and we had gotten some audio of um, of Joker speaking from from a book called he's doing a monologue from a book called The Killing Joke, and so the entire way I won't get into the specifics of it, but Throughout the entire, as you're walking through the corridor, you hear Joker's voice in this monologue and then the, the hysterical laughing. And it's just unnerving because you're, you're listening to what he's saying and you're not focusing on what's in front of you. Exactly, exactly. Good point, John. So while the guests are distracted by looking into Joker's cell, that's when the phantasm comes up and gives them a good scare. The guests make it past the phantasm successfully and then they enter the morgue. And you, you can tell it's the morgue because... Uh, you've got the doors on the wall going for the refrigerators. You've got an operating table, and lo and behold, there is an autopsy happening as the guests come in. Doctor, nothing like a good impromptu autopsy. Absolutely, it's always livens up a party. Doctor Hugo Strange has uh, captured one of the Arkham guards, and he's cutting him open while he's still alive. Both uh, Doctor Strange and the guard were played by scare actors. It's a little rough. It, it was a little bit rough. Um, <laughs> so Doctor Strange cuts him open, and he's pulling out his intestines. And at the end of the intestines, oh, look, full-size candy bars for our guests. So the guests, well, those guests who were brave enough to <laughs> stick around uh, got full-size candy bars there. Most of them ended up running through that room as quickly as they possibly could. Uh, I was going to say, that's a key portion. Not not everyone got a candy bar. <laughs> I know, because we ended up with quite a bit more extra than expected. <laughs> uh, so they get once the guests get past the morgue, uh, they come to two cells with static displays inside. Black Mask is inside one. Dr. Phosphorus is inside the other. And then as they go further, they come to another open cell with uh, Victor Zaz inside. And um, Mr. Zaz is a serial killer, and every time that he kills someone, he puts a hash mark on his skin. He cuts a hash mark into his skin. One, two, three, four, cross the five. And so they come across, they come up to this guy covered in hash marks, and he's playing poker with three dead guards. And at one point, gets angry at one of the guards and knocks his head off right into the into the bars where the guests are standing. Uh, giving them a good startle. But as they're focused on Mr. Zaz, the guests don't see this guard coming up from deeper in the haunted house. And he comes up to them and says, quick, we got to get you out of here. Go this way. Run. We got to get you out of here. It's not safe. And at one point, he even pulled out his best <laughs> Schwarzenegger. Uh, get to the chopper! <laughs> and all of us we can hear this and are just trying our hardest not to crack up and fall over laughing. Unfortunately, um, that incapacitated gonna... about 90% of the staff <laughs> at that point because most of us were on the floor just rolling with laughter. Not fortunately, even, most of us, not fortunately, the guests were past most of those people, uh, and so the guests never got to see it. But Completely unscripted uh, caught everyone off guard. <laughs> get to the chopper! <laughs> even today. Yeah, so the guests go running down the hallway, and they come to a dead end. They turn back, uh, get some guidance from the guard, and the guard rips his mask off, and lo and behold, it's actually the Joker. 
And the guy who played the Joker, he's my brother-in-law. His name's Kale. He absolutely nailed. Oh, he did a fantastic job. Uh, fantastic. The Heath Ledger uh, characterization of the Joker. Every makeup, uh, costuming, and then the voice was absolutely phenomenal. He did. It was almost too good, and maybe we should have. It, it was a little bit too. We good. should address that with him at some point, but right. Um, so they, he gives them a good scare, and then um, the guard opens up a previously hidden door, uh, allowing the guests to exit the haunted house. And then uh, on the outside, they go over to the yard, and uh, the yard is surrounded by this chain-link fence. And inside, who else but Harley Quinn? <laughs> Harley Quinn's got her giant mallet. Yes, the one that I clocked myself in the face with. Uh, I, okay, I was going to mention it, but, you know. i got to throw it out there. And then um, she had a metal bat, and uh, we we electrified – I'm using air quotes. You can't tell that because this is only audio. But we electrified (laughs) the fence uh, by putting the negative wire of a battery charger, like a car battery charger, attach it to the fence, attach the positive lead to this metal bat. And then any time she drug the bat along the chain link fence, it would – give us sparks and it was, it was a good entertaining uh, effect for all of the people who were stuck waiting outside the haunted house while others were going through the inside and and the important thing there is is it's a great example of a, a fantastic special effect but one that's also safe as well absolutely by putting the negative lead on the fence anyone can touch it safely and the only way to get sparks is by touching the metal bat Lawsuits come up if you actually electrify the whole thing, and it's just, generally, it's just a mess. Generally, recommend not electrifying the guests. It makes yeah. them very reluctant to come back. And then, well, you have to get rid of them. All kinds. It's a mess. There's paperwork involved. Exactly. Just, exactly. So that was the Arkham Asylum haunted house, and that was um, probably the well, no doubt that was the most <laughs> successful uh, haunted house that we ever did. We ended up getting 383, I think, guests Correct, uh, come yeah. through over two days. Uh, and the reviews were just extremely positive. Everyone was, everyone who came through was uh, so excited about what we'd put together. I think, and you can tell that because, and I think you more than the rest of us because you were that night you were doing crowd control because, and that's also another important aspect is you can't just let everyone, you know, walk through all at once. It, it takes some some coordination. But you were able to chat up some of the parents and some of the other kids, people who had gone through it. And no, they loved it. And they, especially when you put the time and the effort into something like that, they, they appreciate it. I think they also appreciate that it was free. So they got to go in, get full size candy. You know, that also free. <laughs> I remember that being a key part of our marketing campaign is indeed, free content. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, I mean, that was the most successful one that we ever did. But over the years, we had a number of uh, less successful scares and haunts. John, I vividly remember. Uh, an event with you and you as the Grim Reaper. Would you care to enlighten us? I don't recall that. What your um, that that could be a number. I was a Grim Reaper a number of times. That could be uh, many things. You really? So want, I, yeah. I, I don't recall what you're referring to. Uh, something about tennis shoes. Well, well, well I guess while we're on the subject, I, I, an important part of our podcast is also going to be letting you know. Um, some tips on what not to do because sometimes that can be just as important. And if you are playing a Grim Reaper or Phantasm or any type of demon with mostly black on, uh, it is best that you spring for another costume if you've outgrown it and, and you don't wear white tennis shoes because they will point it out. 
there was a specific incident where I um, was waiting. You guys, um, yourself, and some of our other actors had had scared a number of children, and you guys are doing a fantastic job. And then they would come around, and I would be waiting at the top of the steps, but through a cloud of fog. So they're not really sure what they're walking into. They're not really sure if I'm real. And then you move or you point at them, do whatever you whatever you do, and it scares the daylights out of them. And um, there was this one child who came through. I'm assuming, I think he was about four or five years old. And you guys got him good on the first part. You did a fantastic job. And he came around the corner. Again, same thing with the fog machine. You hit him with the smoke. You got that music cranking. So he's very uncertain of what he's walking into. And I started doing, you know, the slow, creepy point at him like, I'm coming for you. And he was petrified. He was stumbling backwards. And everything was going fantastic until his older sister of about 16 or 17 pointed out that the Grim Reaper was wearing white tennis shoes. So, and it just, it, at that point, it kills all. Totally killed the mood. All the effects. Totally killed the mood. You know, what, it kills the momentum. Anymore. It really does. Even me. I was like, man, even I'm brought down. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and it just, it just, it just takes it out of you. So, make. If you know what, either spring for the larger costume if you've grown a little, or perhaps black tennis shoes would black be a good idea. Shoes. Black tennis shoes are a good way to go. Yeah, something. Uh, yeah. Don't just leave it live because they will point it out, and you will never live it down. That was, oh, what, 10, 15 years ago, and we still talk about it. Still talk day. about it. <laughs> yeah. So it's not worth it. But – on, on that note, I think you have one or two that you could also point out, aside from even smashing yourself in the face with a with a hammer, which I think we have at least nine to ten more years of discussing that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I remember one uh, quite vividly when we were probably in – it was probably like the Halloween of our 10th grade year because I had just gotten mm. my first mm. car. A 1987 Honda Accord uh, with a yes. hatchback. Uh, I loved that car. It was an <laughs> absolute piece of junk, but uh, I loved it. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. Uh, but the great thing about this car and what we capitalized on that year was um, if you closed it very softly, the hatchback trunk lid would not latch. And so uh, I actually hid inside the trunk, and we had John in the garage watching over a camera, and when – trick-or-treaters would walk right past the car i would open the trunk jump out scare them uh and then go right back in but this halloween just happened to be fairly rainy and so a lot of kids were having their parents drive them around from place to place in the neighborhood they would jump out of the car hit all the houses on the in the cul-de-sac jump back in the car and they would drive to the next section so they could stay out of the rain as much as possible and bunch of cowards bunch of cowards so a minivan turns up into the street, and the kids jump out. They're hitting house from house, and they walk past me. I jump out, scare the crap out of them. It was fantastic. They jumped like three feet in the air, went running off in all directions. It was wonderful. <laughs> uh, and I go right back in. So the mother – so the kids must have signaled their mother or something because she came, brought her minivan, and parked it right behind my car, turned on the high beams, and just sat there staring at me. And I'm in the trunk. I don't know what she's going to do. I'm listening to the report from John – over the radio, like, dude, 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 the parents are coming. She's coming to get you. So the only thing that I can think to do is lift up the lid of the hatchback and let it slam enough to latch it. Uh, so I locked my, I remember and, that and because locked myself you're in panicking. the trunk. 
I remember because you're panicking, screaming into the radio like, oh, my God, oh, my God, she's not leaving. <laughs> yeah, so I locked myself in the trunk. Uh, but, you know, my train of thought was, hey, I am safe from her. There's, you know, there's no way for her to get in now. And so I'll just sit here and uh, uh, kill my kill time while I wait for her to leave. Because you left your keys with me, did you not? Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure the keys were in my pocket at the time. Yes, I believe they were. I believe they were. <laughs> but you know what? It was totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was, and I thought about that because I remember looking around and like, oh, no, he doesn't have the keys with him, does he? <laughs> oh, well, live and learn. So those are some great examples of what not to do, things go wrong, <laughs> stuff happens. And, and we'll address that in some of our upcoming episodes because you want to – prepare yourself and and your haunt for things like weather and some stuff because you can't predict all the variables so we'll address that and i think that's just gonna about do it for this episode um next episode we're going to be talking about theme theme is one of the most important parts of any haunt because it kind of sets the tone for pretty much everything you're going to do once you have a theme then you can go from there can't really do a whole lot without it so that's the that's the subject of our next podcast is theme and we look forward to bringing that to you um, again, we have all the pictures of our of our haunts up on Facebook. The Arkham Asylum Haunted House from 2015 is at Haunting Univer One on Twitter. That's Haunting U N I V E R One. And okay, what's our Facebook feed? That's www.facebook.com/slash/HauntingU, like the letter U. And again, that'll have access to all of our photos, uh, our podcasts, promotional art, all that good stuff. We'll be publishing notices of our future podcasts. If you have questions, uh, you can ask us questions on our Facebook page or through Twitter, and we'll try to answer them in future episodes as well. In the meantime, thank you for joining us, and happy haunting. Bye, everyone. Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more details on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at HauntingUniver1. That's Haunting, U-N-I-V-E-R, 1.